Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. CJ, I really appreciate you making some time for us. Bobby Petrino, that's your new offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. What has the last few weeks been like with him being hired and Coach Pittman, the conversations y'all have had? Yeah, so, um, I mean, it's, it's been really good. Um, I mean, the difference in him and Danina. Danina's got hired. They had to do a lot of convincing, telling everybody about, like, how good he was. But when Bob Petrino got hired. No, everybody already knew how good he was. Um, I mean, there's nothing but positive things. Talked about Bobby Petrino. Um, he's an offensive genius, as people call him. Um, and I'm really excited to get in this system. Now, CJ, I know you posted that picture of you in Big Red, which is just an awesome picture. So you've been an Arkansas mm-hmm. fan for a while. And I do wonder, some of your commitment teammates, probably a no idea about Bobby Petrino at Arkansas, or very little. You're still young, but you might have had some recollection. You seem to know about the past of Bobby Petrino here in Arkansas. I do. So I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, then I moved to Minnesota, and then I moved here when I was about five. So I don't remember it a whole lot, but I, I remember it. And to be honest, I was never really like a huge Arkansas fan. But, I mean, they were right here, so I was forced to kind of hear about it in general. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I remember Bobby Trino. I remember everything um, that went on with him. Um, I've got a couple coaches that played for Bobby Petrino. So, um, you know, I've heard everything there is about him. And I've got some, some friends that play for him at A&M. So, yeah, I know a lot about him. That's an interesting dynamic, the, some coaches at Benville that played for him. Mm-hmm. and. I guess, again, he's changed over the years now in the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator role. What have you heard about him? He'll sit down in the film room like, and start breaking stuff down. And you just like can't do anything but just be quiet and listen because of how like amazing it is and how his mind processes football and offense just in general. That's one of the more, more exciting things because I'm a really technical person. Getting taught by another technical person, I think that's going to work out really well for me. CJ, I want to ask you about this season, Arkansas, and I will reflect on what you guys were able to accomplish at Benville, but mm-hmm. they go 4-8 and eight this year, and Pittman was pretty mm-hmm. adamant this week. It's like, we lost out on some guys because we didn't have a good season. How much were other coaches outside of Arkansas contacting you, even after you committed to try and sway you? And then how was Coach Kenny Guyton, Pittman, Petrina, how were they able to convince you to still stay and sign with Arkansas? I'm going to lead with that. There was no, no matter how many games they won or lost, there was no like thought in my mind that um, it was an option to decommit because one part, I'm always going to be true to my word. That's something my dad, my mom, my dad brought me up on. Um, that you're only as good as your word. But after that BYU loss, I mean, it, it felt like the next morning. Um, there was all the coaches that have offered me, all the ones that hadn't offered me, that were ready to offer me if I was ready to decommit. Um, 
<laughs> thought that they were going to be able to get in. I thought it was really <laughs> funny, kind of, because, you know, they'd text me. Um, I would respond for a while, then they'd text me again. I'm like, dang. Just leave, you know, just leave me alone. I'm not going to school. Type that kind of, you know, that kind of sounds like CJ. It kind of sounds like you're in a relationship with a girlfriend. That's it's on the rocks. Mm-hmm. It's on the fritz. Yeah. And there's other girls that are mm-hmm. sliding up on your DMs. Like, oh, are you about to be single? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. CJ, you got offered back in January. You committed in mm-hmm. June. I, I wonder, mm-hmm. like, when you got offered, were you pretty sure at that point this is where I was going to wind up, or did it take you a few months to figure that out? It took me a really, a really long time because for all my life and all my recruiting, uh, I didn't think that I really wanted to be, um, you know, close to home. I thought I wanted to get out and, uh, experience new things. But, you know, you, you think about it, my parents had some long talks, um, no matter where, if I went here or if I went 10 hours away to Knoxville, I told my parents are going to be living, like right next to me. I mean, I can, the thing about Arkansas is I can come see my parents if I want to, but if I like, don't feel like going to see my parents, I just don't see my parents. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it's, it's, I'll, I'll get a college experience wherever I'm at. So, um, I didn't know for sure right away, but pretty soon, I mean, I was a silent commit for probably about a month and a half. Okay. I don't think sometimes Northwest Arkansas kids, and I know you've had an interesting experience, Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. and kind of some guys are just, they're ready to get out. How how much do you think that may have played into less in-state commits this year uh, that have signed relative to, to maybe what's year, in years past, CJ? Um, if I'm being honest, the only really – I think that Arkansas, I mean, Arkansas missed on probably three recruits in the state this year. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with money conversations. Um, and I don't think Coach Pittman really, and I don't want to speak for him, but from what I hear, it doesn't sound like he really wants to get in like a, a bidding war with a high school athlete that hasn't proved anything. That and um, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because you, you have no clue. Um, if I'm going to be honest, I watched a couple games this year, some of the top recruits in Arkansas and I'm like I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm like I, I just don't see it if you are not dominating at a high school level why would somebody getting a bidding war with you it just doesn't make sense to me and I think about you playing the wide receiver position you probably watch film of like the top five star wide receivers and you're like that dude doesn't mm-hmm. have anything that I don't have but he's rated two stars higher, a couple slots up. And I just find that dynamic that you experience very interesting. And frankly, I think sometimes the high school recruits actually might be better evaluators than coaches in certain cases. You know, because yeah, it's, I mean, I don't want to say that's unbiased, but it's like you can compare, but coaches get caught up a lot in the, um, you know, like the, what's around them. I mean, I'm not in a, like, I'm not in a hotbed for athletes right now. Um, but that doesn't take away the fact that, like, I can play ball. You know, I'd be lying if I said it doesn't frustrate me that I don't think I get the recognition that I deserve. But I've never been one to, you know, get caught up and letting somebody tell me how good I am at football based on star rankings. I mean, that I, I, one thing is that's not going to matter when he gets to college. I mean, it doesn't care if you're a two, three, four, five star when you get to college. I mean, that doesn't matter at all. CJ, you bring um, up a really important point there that I want to hit on. You mentioned not necessarily being a hotbed you're that age. How do we grow Northwest Arkansas football? And how do we grow in Little Rock? I think the culture 
here um, has to change at some schools. I mean, you see, like, the North Little Rocks. I mean, they used to be a powerhouse. Um, we've obviously been a powerhouse for the past couple uh, for not past couple, a long time. Um, but the culture, like, at Bentonville is really good. There's an expectation of winning. Um, some teams, it looks like when they get to the playoffs, they're ready to play basketball. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I think that's only coaches. If I'm being honest, like, Bug James, um, I don't know a lot about him as a coach, but I know he was able to build a culture. Um, my coach, Coach Grant, was able to build a culture, you know, of um, you know, just family and, uh, you know, being tough. For example, when we went against Bryant, we didn't, I mean, we didn't care that they had one spot straight uh, this year um, or anything about that. We were just ready to go beat them, you know what I mean? So I think it's really just the culture of the football. I don't know. I don't love hearing about, like, how we're not a good football state because I'm talking about Alabama, Georgia. You know, Texas fans or friends that are recruits are like, nah, Arkansas ain't good at football. They don't even know how good we are at football. We just don't. A lot of us don't get recruited like we should. So That's a chip on the shoulder mentality. And you've got some buddies or what I would assume are going to be your buddies like KJ Jackson, mm-hmm. who's an Alabama kid, oh, yeah. Ashton Bethel Roman, who's a Texas kid. I mean, have you, I know it's still early and you guys hadn't gotten to campus yet, but have you started to form relationships are you in group text with these guys? Kind of as you. Oh, get... we we're all tight. Me and KJ Facetime like almost every day. Me and Ashton talk all the time, especially like the days leading up. Now we talk every single day. That's a good sign. Again, so, we're talking with CJ yeah. Brown, Benville wide receiver, Arkansas signee. Want to ask you? You mentioned being Bryant. Um, Want to ask you about getting the state championship and uh, mm-hmm. going up against Fayetteville? That's a great rivalry football wise yeah. um just kind of your your thoughts it's a couple weeks behind us but your thoughts on kind of how, how things played out in state yeah i mean it took me probably a couple weeks to get over it i'm, I'm sure i still won't get over it but um <laughs> you know that was a game where i mean we made some mistakes that we had never made all season i mean we went from west blowing them out to cabot blowing them out to even uh Brian, we comfortably beat him. Um, to Fayetteville, who, if I'm being honest and no disrespect, is not a better team than than Brian or us, in my opinion. But on that day, they were a better team than us. They made less mistakes. Uh, we fumbled the ball two times. Uh, hadn't done that all year. We had a lot of snap infractions, some holdings that we hadn't done really all year at all. So, um, I mean, it's a big moment for a lot of kids, and a big moment for me, but it's just staying focused in those moments uh, and being able to prepare, uh, perform under pressure that we kind of um, we kind of missed on. But um, I mean, hats off to them. I mean, they played a really good season. Um, they got some really good players on the team, uh, you know. And ultimately, I guess they deserve that ring because they played better on that day. You took an official visit to Minnesota, which. Fayetteville quarterback Drake Lindsey, that's where he signed. Mm-hmm. Was he trying to kind of get in your ear a little bit? Why don't we get two NWA boys up to up to Minneapolis? Yeah, he was um he kinda got them to start recruiting me. I mean, I think they started recruiting me because they found out that me and him were in the same conference. Because they recruited him first. But they they found out I think that we were in the same conference. Um and I bet some talk got going and they came down. They actually came to I had like a class. And in the middle of the class, that call, it was crazy. I got called out of class. And Coach Grant, and Coach Grant said, grab a cleat. And I'm like, all right. And I grabbed my cleats. And I just did like a one-on-one. Like I got my quarterback out of class, too. 
So we just do a workout in front of the um, offense coordinator for Minnesota. It was kind of funny. That's awesome. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're thinking, what am I getting called for? And then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Kind of a pseudo tryout at one point. See, uh, mm-hmm. one of the things I think people are excited about you is not only, again, your NWA connection, but track and field speed, man. Arkansas hasn't had that track and field speed mm-hmm. really since Petrino. Um, I know you mentioned Ashton earlier. Um, you might have to help me with the other wide receiver, the uh, Louisiana kid, the uh, New Orleans area. Uh, Crows. Yeah, Crows. Uh, I know he's got some track speed to him. Uh, how much of an element do you think that will factor in maybe you contributing early for this football team next fall? Um, I think it's really good. I mean, they're really, um, if I'm being honest, I receive it. I don't have anybody that can, like, I mean, they got Isaiah. Isaiah can run. Um, Jaden Wilson can run. I've really seen, like, Andrew or Isaac open up, but, like, but like just getting more speed on the field I think is really good. Um, I think a part where I contribute is, like, I'm really good after the catch because, like, I used to play running back and, like, I know how to make people miss and I'm not easy to bring down, stuff like that. So I think that's where I can contribute early. You're a big yak guy? Big yak guy? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's where I think the bulk of my yards come from. CJ, we really appreciate you making mm-hmm. some time for us, and I'm excited to see what your future looks like here in Fayetteville. Yes, sir. I really appreciate it. Again, that's Arkansas wide receiver signee CJ Brown, Benville. Excited to get him to campus up in the hill, I guess, reporting in January like 20 other Arkansas signees. Don't know about Bradley Shaw just yet, who just again signed with Arkansas, the linebacker from Alabama. Sheldon in Farmington brings up on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Really likes CJ's winning mentality, presents himself in a in a good way. We'll react more to that and then talk about the current possibly state of affairs with Arkansas's wide receiver coach, Kenny Guyton, who's been reportedly going to Wisconsin to take the job at their wide receiver coach with Luke Fickle. If this ends up happening, do you think this has been something in the works for a while with Guyton moving on, or do you think this is more maybe a recent hire by Luke Fickle? I I guess I don't have, again, the status in front of me of when their wide receiver coach was either fired or departed uh, Madison, Wisconsin, but do you think this is a something that they've known for a while. And do you think wide receiver commits like CJ were potentially aware of this posi- their position coach leaving? I think most of these moves, coaches know they're moving on. I think head coaches know they're going to make a change, whatever the situation is. And I think those feelers get put out um, many weeks in often, oftentimes than what we know about them. Um, they, you know, just think about your own industry, your own business. Things happen, people move. You know about them if you're on the uh, in the right place and in the know, so to speak, days or weeks ahead of this happening. So, yeah, I would imagine there is uh, probably a lot more knowledge um, about this, you know, from the end of the regular season before now. I know Andrew Armstrong put something out on social media. He seems sad. Uh, you wonder about some other wide receivers like Isaiah Satania and others, what their uh, decisions will be if if this report is true and, and Kenny Guyton moves on from campus at this point in time because you build bonds with not just your coordinator, not just your head coach, your position coach. And sometimes that's the, again, the final piece that holds you a certain place. And we'll see if that ends up having an effect. If this report is confirmed when it comes to coach guy and potentially moving on to Madison, Wisconsin. Now, speaking of moving on, I want to go back to the, the transfer portal. What we've been talking about, that seems to be a, a beef years. My beef initially when we started the show was I was sick all day on Christmas this portal uh, change that 
the NCAA, for those that don't know, NCAA sent out a memo last week to schools. The multi-time transfers will be eligible for the 2024-2025 seasons. If you transfer in this academic year, 2023 and 2024, uh, it looks like it's going to come down. And probably it's a good guess to see this will move past future years as well. Yeah, and I, I'm a guess. It's my read on it that the NCAA is they're wanting to avoid a courtroom. They're wanting to avoid a lengthy and costly legal battle at some point. They have not done well in a court of law in recent years, in recent times. Um, what would be the legal footing to say this this wouldn't work? Now, I think an association, and that's what you have, the NCAA, the last day is for association. The members can vote in their own rules. And I would think those would hold up, but that would take someone with a sharper legal mind than than i would to say hey this would this would hold water legally or not um do the players have enough representation in the process i don't i don't know the and the answer to that probably no and how does that affect the process but what do the member schools think about this is this something that um you know from division three on up to the to the top of the heap is this is this the way you want your your sport to be ran there's this is to me a very uh serious crossroads the sports hat that I think was propelled by COVID where they allowed some freedoms with eligibility and transfers. And I think rightfully so. And now it's getting expanded upon. Now it's going to be made perhaps more permanent. And I don't think that that uh, was necessarily the intent when they did what they did three or four years ago. Has COVID just ruined everything? No, I mean, there's been some, some good that's come out of this. Um, and I agree with the fact that you got more eligibility and the transfers and some of the things that were allowed uh, because of COVID, but when do you close those loopholes again? When do, when do you say, all right, we're going to go back to something more similar to the way we used to do things? Um, I'm not sure you can get all that toothpaste back in the tube. I don't think you're ever going to go back at this point. And you bring up the, the players union, which you don't have in the NCAA. With that being said, and again, the legal lease side of things, not to get too in the weeds, but I would guess because of that aspect that you don't have anyone quote unquote representing the players, you can't really say that there's fairness in the idea of, well, this is what they actually want. That being said, if there is a lawsuit brought like you referred to, then that lawsuit would probably, would probably be in favor of the plaintiff, right? But the when players. you, I don't know that, but, um, but how do you represent the players when they don't have a union or an association? Just, you know, I mean, those are, I mean, in theory, the, the institutions are the ones representing the players. The NCAA doesn't, want that to happen because then then they would well, be considered the whole thing's a mess and everybody that, that thinks this is wonderful i don't think the end result you're after is going to be attained with the way we're doing business on this it's just not sustainable i mean you can't have this much instability with rosters and coaches and players moving around and expect there to be success with this it just it doesn't add up to long-term success for the sport i mean I, you know, I don't think a player should be stuck somewhere for four years. They only get five years in theory mm-hmm. to play. But should you really play at five schools in five years? Is that is that where is is that good too? Because that's where we're headed. That's what we're going to allow. And we in Arkansas, hey, Arkansas had the benefit and the other side of this. So it's not like you know this is a what's best for Arkansas. Arkansas probably will benefit from better players being available in the port. And that's what I had down here to. I mean, there will be some Arkansas fans that text in here on the McCarty Daniel hotline, as 99% of you are, that don't like this. Yep. But if you benefit, why do you not like this? 
Ring in the new year in style at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas. They have something for everyone. The Grand New Year's Eve Buffet is served in the Venetian Dining Room. The Festival Party with live music by the Parker Francis Band, cash bars, and a champagne toast. And the 99th New Year's Eve Gala features live music from Stardust Big Band, a five-course gourmet dinner with wine and more. Room packages are available. Go to arlingtonhotel.com forward slash NYE2023 or call 501-623-777. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore, he's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785. 531-2785 online at teague-law.com the teague law firm if they can't help you they'll talk baseball betonline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info stats news and scores get the latest odds and lines including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs bet online is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right down to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V. B-L-E-A-V. EAV. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 2023 was somewhat of an underwhelming year for Razorback sports. And I'm not speaking to everyone that's on campus here in Fayetteville, but when you think about a football team that goes four and eight, a basketball team that was highly thought to be a potential Final Four team that had a a regular season under Eric Musselman standards at 8 and 10. Still made it to the Sweet 16. We know the postseason matters here, so you have to factor beating the defending national champion into the equation. And then a baseball team that lost in the regional at home. I would say it would somewhat, when you combine the three major sports on campus, was probably somewhat of an underwhelming year. Now you've got a basketball team that sits at 8 and 4 right now. It's got a final non-conference game this Saturday against UNC Wilmington before they start conference play the following Saturday against Auburn. Baseball team we hadn't really got to see yet outside of fall ball. You're excited about the pitching staff and some of the guys you brought in. And then a football team uh, with the addition of Bobby Petrino and some of these freshman transfer players that you have no idea what they're going to do. If I had a thousand free dollars and said you can spend this one way or another, well, the overall three programs be better in 2024 or worse where would you go on that the overall baseball, three so basically you're just asking football, basketball baseball will they be better or going to be better that's what you're really asking because no one is that expects, where you're going in well i mean do you expect baseball to take a step backwards i expect them to be better than losing at home as a regional team i mean our, our arkansas standard okay, for baseball fair. is that, super fair. regional or or well, I think our standards. Whether Omaha. whether that standard's right or wrong, the collective fan base thinks super regional or more is yeah. the traditional stop. Football at team, a minimum. Yeah. Football team again. I guess you could go three and nine this next year, not win a single conference game. But 
I, I think the football team's going to be at least five and seven. Now, will that be enough to keep Sam Pittman's job? I don't think so. I, I'm I'm kind of on the same line of thinking that you've got to get to a bowl game for him to continue as that football coach of Arkansas. Basketball team, that's where I'm a little unsure because, again, last year he had so many up and downs with the injuries and the freshmen, but then they, again, got together in the postseason and found a way to get to another Sweet 16. This team hasn't necessarily shown that capability because we hadn't gotten to the postseason yet. So I think... Baseball. No, I think it's second weekend is now is now the current with this coach and this well with this coach I, I think that because the roster changes everything I think with this coach we expect a second weekend performance in the NCAA tournament and baseball and basketball are measured by how far you go in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So do you think collectively those three sports are going to be better or worse than they what they were in twenty twenty? Well, I don't know how you say anything about basketball. I don't know what the I mean unless you're so you're talking about this year's March Madness. Correct. That this will be year, played okay. out in 2024. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think they'll equal, and in basketball, I think they'll get to the second weekend. I think they'll be better in baseball, and I mean football. I mean, we're just guessing. We're guessing at all this, but it's it's probably a wilder guess with football right now. I I, I would say better because I don't think you're going to be worse than four and eight. You I know, it, the offense is going to be better. You know, well, you say that. I mean, A and M's now they had a backup quarterback, but A and M's wasn't the world better. wasn't good enough to keep Jimbo from getting fired. Tyler Greenwood brings up that 23 was a year of injuries. It was for a lot of the programs. And you had yep. some, again, point. across the board. And this happens in, in college sport. Guys just and gals just get injured at this point. But it seemed to really hurt Arkansas in 2023. I would say collectively of those three. Now, again, you got to lump in some other sports that had all-time highs this past calendar year. I would say this past calendar year was somewhat of a different disappointment for Razorback Athletics when you look at the three major sports, because we can give all the credit to softball, volleyball, which Jason, we know what Jason Watson and the gals did this year, um, soccer, uh, men's tennis, women's tennis, everything else on that campus. But the majority of fans care about those three major sports. And I would say collectively at those sports, they were somewhat of a disappointment based on where you thought you were going to be. And it, now, de- it depends on your view of disappointment too, because there's some fans like... It doesn't matter what you do if you don't win at all. I mean, they're they're unhappy. I mean, they're just miserable. You know, you, you could have a great year, but if you lose, you know, you lose that last that final game, and they're miserable. We suck. You know, all that. So, especially with the baseball, I would say that's more of a baseball thought at this point because you you feel like that that's where your baseball program should be, especially with three teams winning the S, not just uh, the national championships as of late, but just kind of where you are in the pecking order right now where your baseball team is probably two or three in the SEC, and you'd like to, again, have that national championship on your resume. We know what your basketball team can do, but I would I would hope that those three sports can take a step forward in 2024 because I think they they took somewhat of a – and it, the football team took a bigger step back, but baseball and, and basketball, at least in some eyes, took a step back this past year. So I want to approach this national story real quick before we get to Richard. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network is reporting that Michigan and Jen Harbaugh are nearing another deal. Ten years, $125 million. One of the stipulations of this contract is that he can't join the NFL for at least a year, so that would take him out of the mix for any NFL job next season. What I find interesting is that several in Louisiana, including ESPN Radio's Matt Moscona down there is reporting, who we've had on this program, that Brian Kelly would leave 
LSU for Michigan if that job came open. We've talked about that there is a big possibility of Harbaugh jumping ship after this year, regardless of what happens based on everything that's gone down in the last couple years with that football program. It always seems like he's entertaining the idea of an NFL job. But how big of the shake of the SEC would that be if Brian Kelly jumped ship for Michigan? Uh, not a huge shakeup because there's going to be a long line of people that would love to have the LSU job. One of the most fertile recruiting grounds in all of the sport and the footprint of the SEC. So I, I just never have thought Brian Kelly's a great cultural fit in our conference. I'm not sure what that looks like always because you, know, you can say that about a lot of guys in this league. But um, I do think he's a program builder where he's at. He's someone I would trust if I was Michigan and I found myself in that spot. I would trust him with the keys to that program because everywhere he's been, he's built a program to go around a great team more often than not. His only drawback seems to be consistency. Stringing seasons together of greatness is a problem for him. It'd be pretty wild to him to break the streak of an LSU national champion head coach because you went Saban, Miles, Ed Ogeron, all won a national championship. Kelly would be the only coach in the last four to not continue that streak. If he stays would, long enough, he will win one year. Yes, there. if he stays long, that's the, the key on that. And again, this is just, these are just reports. There's no, uh, this is not factual or anything, but it is interesting to speculate on the movement of college football coaches in the conference at this point. And I, I do wonder if that ends up happening, uh, just kind of what the who LSU would go with. Because I think A&M downgraded going from Jimbo Fisher to Mike Elko. And I wonder if LSU would get an upgrade or a downgrade moving from if Brian Kelly was to move on to somewhere else where they would go in Baton Rouge. Don't know. I mean, I would expect some of the some of the heavy hitters in the ACC to be looking for opportunities in the SEC. And I'm looking at Dabo Sweeney. I'm looking at Mike or uh, Mike Norvell and, and mm-hmm. some of the some of the top names at the top places in that league uh, because I think that the handwriting's on the wall about kind of their pecking order and where they sit. They're going to have to win their conference or they're probably going to get the seed uh, a lower seed perhaps in in this new twelve team format. So um, you know we always talk about the desire to compete. Now the path's going to be easier in the ACC, but I think the path to getting the playoff might be more fruitful because I think there's going to be more seats at the table from the SEC. So I would think those two guys might be looking for a job along the lines of what LSU might bring to the table. Something to keep an eye on in the realms of college. If that happens. Yeah. I mean, that's a long... Cause I don't know that Harbaugh is leaving. I mean, I don't think that's that's going to happen right now. I either. do wonder, Los Angeles Chargers have been rumored to have interest in Jim Harbaugh. Uh, that, that fit in Harbaugh potentially going out west again like he's been at Stanford, like he's been with the San Francisco 49ers, if that would be something that would be of value to him. And Brother John won a big game on Monday night. That was a big win over uh, the 49ers as the, uh, the Ravens get a huge game. I guess that, in theory, helps the Cowboys to a degree or at least keeps their 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 uh, their place in the NFC, so to speak, with uh, the 49ers losing and the Cowboys losing to the Dolphins. But that was a that was a fun game. It was it was a better game than what the final score indicated. But Brock Purdy, what four interceptions in that game, and that was one of the uh, the few Monday night games I've gotten to watch front to back and watched every down. This that's going to be your Super Bowl rematch, and right, that's what a lot of people are saying. Pur- Purdy won't throw four picks the next time. I mean, the oh, Ravens man, Baltimore's th- front line was pretty pretty Ravens- impressive. The Ravens are good, really good, and they could beat them again. But 
San Francisco is the best team in the NFC. I know yeah. that. Yeah, that was an odd game uh, in the way it played out. You thought it was going to be much better. The Eagles ended up being the Giants over the weekend, so they right now lead the NFC East or tied with the San Francisco 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers, of course, have the head-to-head uh, win, so they will have that if it goes down to it when it comes to the number one seed in the NFC. We will talk some more NFL coming up. As Again, the Kansas City Chiefs disappointed a lot of our listeners with the way they played against the Raiders. Wolf. This weekend. I'll tell you who doesn't disappoint. That's our friend Richard Davenport, who now joins us on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Richard, I know the big story in your camp has been the addition of Bradley Shaw to this Arkansas Ridgeback football team. How big of a get was that for Arkansas getting the uh, top 100 linebacker over uh, the well, last couple of days? Obviously big. Uh, he, he He's a guy that... Uh, Arkansas had been recruiting for quite some time. He officially visited in June, and he visited uh, unofficially for the BYU game. And uh, I always heard that Arkansas was definitely in the running. And 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 I know as the season went on, people were kind of doubting that 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 would be the case. But uh, kept checking sources and uh, and kept hearing good things. And and I remember bradley's not a guy that to, to, to do a lot of interviews and i talked to him after the byu game and obviously that was a loss but his enthusiasm for the program and, and the coaches and and what he saw as far as uh, the atmosphere at the arc at the game uh you know you, you could tell he was excited about arkansas and it came it ultimately came down to uh arkansas and clemson and uh and uh arkansas won out travis williams Super good uh, relationship with uh, Bradley, along with his. Bradley had a lot of respect for uh, Coach Pittman, also. And you also have to give uh, uh, some credit to uh, Scott Fountain, the special teams coordinator who recruits uh, Alabama. He he, re- he helped recruit uh, Bradley, along with uh, Jake Trump, the assistant uh, assistant uh, linebackers coach. Uh, all all four had uh, you know had, had something to do with him being a Razorback. Richard, when you look at the high school class relative to the transfer class, we know that the transfer class is always going to be ranked higher than what Arkansas can bring out of high school. Who else do you think Arkansas is in the running for right now uh, in the transfer portal maybe that Razorback fans need to keep an eye on at this point? You know, there's a few people that I I feel like that they're on, but uh, I don't know if if it's... uh, uh, right time to to put the names out. Uh, usually, what what you do when you're talking about portal guys, unless the portal guys put out that they're they're visiting or or whatever, you know, a school schools like to keep that kind of quiet. Why? Because there, there's about a uh, hundred other schools, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I mean, there's there's a ton of schools, especially uh, positions of need uh, that that are. Always uh, trying to get that those kids to visit and within a two, three, four week period, and they're being being bombarded by uh, schools. Uh, and whenever a kid says, "Hey, I'm going to go visit so and so at a certain time," uh, they're they're being hit up by uh, the, the other schools that haven't gotten a visit yet. So uh, things are kind of on the uh, kind of on the low until, uh, for the most part, most of them get on campus or get get close to being on campus. They don't want to give their competition the ammo to up the ante. And that, that's, you know, because you only got so much budget in this portal. You don't want someone running run, running up the bid on you. No, I mean, it, it, hey, you got to consider, obviously, NIL. There's no doubt about that. 
recruiting nowadays, especially in the you know uh, in the portal, uh, is uh, you know because the portal's almost become more important what you, than what you sign uh, in, from the high school class. Uh, you 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 have to you 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 really have to be careful about uh, how you recruit, and uh, it, it, it's it's uh, you know you guys were talking about the Harbaugh at Michigan. Man, if I was him, I, I would be going to the NFL. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. you. You don't have to recruit. You don't have to worry about NIL. You don't have to worry about the transfer portal. I, I can assure you a lot of coaches are thinking about going to the NFL just because of those three things. Yeah. Speaking of coaches on the move, as we talked to uh, Richard Davenport on the McClarty Daniel Hotline, we, time was bringing up earlier, there's a football scoop report that Kenny Guyton may be of interest to the Wisconsin staff. And uh, going up there, there's a, an opening there. And uh, what would be your thoughts on Kenny Guyton leaving? What impact would that have on recruiting? And uh, who would be some names maybe to to be the the future at, at that position for Arkansas staff? Uh, I, you know, obviously, uh, you, you could tell the the guys on campus that, that uh, they were tweeting about uh, Andrew Armstrong, and some of the, some of those guys were. Uh, uh, Talking about him and, and and how much respect that they had for him, I, I think I think uh, he's he's a guy that, uh, as far as uh, relationships, uh, especially on campus, uh, you could tell the guys that uh, are going to really miss him if he if he does in fact uh, go to Wisconsin. Uh, but uh, you know he he was a good recruiter. Uh, I think he he was probably the best at recruiting. At the portal level, if you looked at uh, what happened last year, obviously not much going on right now, but that, that doesn't mean that uh, uh, it, some stuff would would not have happened maybe in January or in the spring too. Uh, but uh, you know, it's not unusual, obviously, when you have coaches on your staff for three or four years, uh, for them to to look around and maybe uh, look for other opportunities. So. Uh, it's just it's it's just the nature of the beast. Obviously, the guys on campus seem to be pretty upset about it, and uh, a lot of respect for him. But at the same time, it, it's just part 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 of college football. Richard, what do you think about the potential change to the transfer portal? It's happening for this next season, 2024, 2025. You can transfer this semester, next semester. But the multi-transfer rule that's not just applicable for graduate transfers, but now undergrads as well what do you think about that change potentially coming to college sports uh that, that i think uh what i just said about hardball going maybe to the nfl i think that would uh kind of make uh, coaches want to leave even sooner uh the obviously the coaches make make good money there's no doubt about it but at the same time there, there's there even before the portal nil there there was hardly ever any downtime for coaches and then you throw in uh, uh, the portal and, and the NIL, and now the possibility that you know anybody can uh, transfer without having to worry about uh, sitting out a year. Uh, it, it's very discouraging to coaches who really look at recruiting as a relationship-based uh, situation. It's becoming less of that because of the NIL, but then then you have to try, try to recruit. Keep the guys that you have on campus on campus, and it's 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 going to make it even more difficult to do that because uh, you know when you're talking about you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old kids, and and if they're not if things aren't going uh, as well as they'd hoped, uh, 
you know that that just kind of opens the, up up the door to for them to maybe uh, leave uh, when things aren't going exactly the way they'd like for them to be. Yeah, part of the thing you referenced again with college football coaches also having to deal with is opt outs and and guys entering the portal. Have you found yourself watching bowls or? It's, it's because of the lack of players and the lack of talent that are actually participating. Is it a kind of a non-starter for you when it comes to bowl season? It, it's it's discouraging. It, it, uh, you know, it, it's I, I'll be honest with you with the, what, the direction college football is going. I think it's gonna it, it turns off some people, and it, it it's kind of lost the lust. I've kind of lost the luster for the game a little bit. Don't get me wrong; I still watch it. I, I still love college football, but but all the things surrounding it, it's just a total mess right now, and it's it's I think it it's not only just unappealing to to older fans, but even younger fans. It's a it's, it's a total free agency that uh, especially the multi year uh, transfer rule that uh, looks like it, it you know it's going to take place with the uh, federal judge in West Virginia unless it gets overturned or something like that. Uh, it. it there's so much chaos with college football, and it just uh, for the average fan, I think I think it does kind of uh, lessen the love for the game, even though it's still very very popular. Richard, you get anything great for Christmas this year that uh, you're really admiring here the day or two after the holiday? Uh, I really admired having a couple of days off from the portal, and uh, that that was my uh, Christmas present. I'm not going to lie to you when. Uh, uh, after uh, Friday, uh, the last day of the signing period, it, you figure you know the portal's going to die down at least for a couple of days until uh, obviously January the third through the seventh when they can have kids on campus. I, I was just looking forward to the couple of days uh, where I, I thought it was going to be kind of a, a, a little bit of a slow period, and it was. Yeah. Richard, happy New Year! We'll catch up with you next week and uh, get twenty twenty four kicked off right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks, as always. All right, Richard Davenport with us on the McClarty-Daniel hotline this morning. Cole texted in on the McClarty-Daniel hotline, Tommy. His beef this morning on a What's Your Beef Wednesday is the fact that he's driving through Kansas, and unfortunately some roads have been closed that have made his trip longer to Colorado at this point. I know you, I, I mean, I drove to Little Rock. There wasn't any road closures or anything I had to worry about, but did you have any family members or friends that reach out they're like man this roads i was trying to get here at nope. point a to point b and nope. no issues I, didn't, I don't think any i mean i'm lucky in the with the exception of a brother and sister-in-law that don't live here um they're there i think every one of my family members live within 30 minutes so no and no no travel issues so. That's not bad. So I guess the furthest family member that's immediate is my brother who lives in Dallas, which is only about four and a half, five hours from us. Dallas, Tulsa, NWA, and Fort Smith and Little Rock. So it's all pretty much within one circle. Yeah. So it's not that bad. That is the nice thing when you're around the holidays to that point to not have to go somewhere uh, far away. Let's talk to our friend Brent, who's on the McClarty Daniel Hotline this morning. Brent, hope you had a Merry Christmas, my man. I did. I hope uh, you had... You, uh, Ty, I hope you and Tommy had a Merry Christmas as well. We did, man. We did. What did you hear? Uh, what's on your mind this morning? Man, I just want to talk. I don't know. I just want to talk about uh, Ty. First, first thing I want to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs are are they're, they're just the sem- they're not even a semblance of their former selves. Yeah, they don't have any wide receivers. Um, that was no. They need to. 
They need to go to the draft and get load up on wide receivers. Yeah, they drafted Rasheed Rice out of SMU, second rounder. Um, He's been good, but other than him, um, they don't have anyone to throw the ball. Even Kelsey dropped one in the first drive yesterday or on Monday. So it's just like one of those things that's got to be frustrating for a lot of Kansas City fans listening. And you were asking about Christmas presents that I got. I got a brand-new 65-inch smart TV to go into my new house. So when I'm calling you in the new year, about the first, second week of January, it'll be Brent from Searcy. There you go. <laughs> Brent from Searcy. We'll take it. Yep. I, my sister t- told me it's time to move. It's time to move. <laughs> I said, I want my $600 house payment. She said, don't gripe. You can afford to build a new house. So that was my big Christmas present to me from me, I guess. There you go. Brent, Happy New Year. I'm sure we'll be talking happy before, new- the, before hey, the week's up. Did, uh, I hear that uh, I saw that Derek Garrett McGee's coming back as receiver coach. Uh, if, that, uh, that's just speculation, Brett. There's no official report. It's not even official yet that Kenny Guyton's moved on to what, that Wisconsin yeah. wide receiver job. It's just uh, it's a report from Football Scoop, and then Garrett McGee is just kind of fodder at this point. Yeah. No one knows if that's okay. actually going to happen. Let's not get the cart in front of the horse. Yeah. There you go. I got you. Y'all have have a happy new year, too, now. All right, you Use too, well. Brent. I'm sure we'll talk uh, before the week is up. He, he mentioned TVs. You, you've talked about this before. TVs are just so cheap now. Used to That 65-inch well, cost you an arm and a leg back in the day. You can get a 65-inch for like three or 400 bucks. Yeah, now. I mean, there's different grades. There's different quality yeah. to the TVs. So that's, I don't understand. That's why you got to go see someone that, that knows what they're talking like, like Brad or some up over there, Mountain Home, Brad's Home Entertainment, somebody that knows the different class, because not all TVs are created equal. There's a reason why some of them are more expensive than others, and, and I don't understand it all. And I don't either. You're no. the, you and I are in the same boat. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I know some of you have been watching bowl games, and if any one of you saw the incorrect graphic for the Camilla Bowl where it had Northern Illinois and their mascot paired up with not Arkansas State, but Arkansas's mascot. Did you see ESPN mess that up? And a lot of Arkansas State fans were angry about that. I saw. Yeah, I mean, I guess every. I guess if you had a Twitter account or a Facebook account, you were required to to put up the mistake. You know, ha ha. ESPN made a mistake. Yeah, it was. I, I don't know how that stuff slips through, but you know, it happened. Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. But uh, a lot of Arkansas State fans, uh, including some some friends of mine, were were not happy as the little brother of this state. Anytime that they get um, 
Well, listen, Wrong. they made a bowl game. Arkansas didn't. I mean, there ain't much room to talk if you're an Arkansas fan. No, uh, no, when Arkansas fans, they were mad. No. Arkansas State fans, they were more frustrated than anything. We we were talking about Arkansas basketball earlier, and we we do our Lindsay and Associates Pro Hog update starting in 2024. We'll probably include some some basketball guys as well. Anthony Black had a career high against Washington, 23.6 rebounds, he had four three pointers and four steals. Really took over in that game. Anthony Black taking over here early in D.C. I know Eric Musselman and the rest of the basketball staff excited anytime one of their former players go off. And um, I Listen, I love what Isaiah Joe and Jalen Williams, Moses Moody, and others are doing at this point. But A.B., um, I guess Daniel Gafford and Bobby Portis would have something to say about that. But clearly the best rookie of the mix. No question. I was listening... Uh Oh, what night? I guess it was Christmas night. Um, that I guess it was Milwaukee's playing. We were listening. They were going on and on about Bobby Portis and how well he had played in, in that game. I guess on Christmas. So we had several of the NBA games here on uh, on the radio station. And the fifteen minutes or so I was in the car, it seemed like that it was a Bobby Portis infomercial there for a few minutes. They love Bobby Portis in Milwaukee. He is uh, one of the most popular players in the state of Wisconsin. Of course, we love him here as a former Arkansas Razorback. A uh, football team got some good news as Bradley Shaw committed to Arkansas, one of the best linebackers out of high school, uh, chose Auburn over Clemson, Alabama, Auburn and others, Hoover linebacker, and uh, I know the staff was excited to to get his signature when it comes to this recruiting cycle. I uh, don't know if Kenny Guyton's going to be on staff here much longer. Uh, football scoop reportedly that he is going to be taking the job in Madison, Wisconsin as Luke Fickle's wide receiver coach. Uh, coach Fickle was on staff in various capacities when Guyton was a quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes back in the day. So somewhat of a connection and reunion if that indeed uh, takes place and happens like football scoop is reporting. Last thing here in your hog update, Talia Scott once again wins the SEC Freshman of the Week. Tommy, it's her fifth time, which is an Arkansas women's basketball record. She's won it five times in the last six weeks in SEC women's basketball. So is this going to be the season that the women's team breaks through? I mean, I know this league is tough, but uh, you get seems like they recruit well. They got plenty of talent uh, based on you know just recruiting rankings and and the players he's able to to get on that roster. When's, is this the season that adds up into a deeper tournament run? I don't know the answer. I don't, I'm not I'm not expecting you to have it either. But I think that's the that's the thing that keeps people scratching their head with this women's program is it's. It's time now when you get players to get, you know, continual honors and you got great recruiting rankings. Hey, let's let's turn this into something. Yeah. Well, I don't I'm not the right person to ask that. Probably Phil is the the better person. Maybe he'll have some thoughts. I know he'll have some thoughts on Talia later on today and of course had some thoughts over the course of the last couple of days with holidays. But something to again, at least Talia Scott has been uh, killing it for the Ridgeback women's basketball team. That's going to do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888 Sparky. I am intrigued to hear about this haircut story. I don't think we have time to, to get to it. Maybe we, we jump in it with, with Clay anytime it involves. Yeah, Clay, uh, Clay would love. I think Clay would love. Like as, as someone that had. Uh, a few daughters, I think, is is someone that has a funny story. Is it involve your son and your daughter, or both your daughters? Uh, my son and my youngest okay. daughter. All right. Yeah. Well, well, uh, we'll get to that at some point in time. Plenty of uh, national news as well. We mentioned the 
uh, Michigan story. I also want to talk about, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Nolan Warren committed to the Ole Miss Rebels over the course of the last couple days. Uh, Ole Miss has the number one recruiting class right now um, when it comes to, or excuse me, Warren Nolan, I apologize. Has that doesn't sound one, right to me. Yeah, uh, the number one recruiting class right now in the recruiting rankings. He was the most coveted player in this transfer portal by all recruiting services, and Ole Miss has landed him again. One of the questions I want to get into at some point, whether it's today or tomorrow, is can you win the SEC with a good quarterback, not a great quarterback? Jackson Dart is not a great quarterback. Can Ole Miss burst through this conference for the first time ever and make it to Atlanta behind the arm of Jackson Dart? They're going to have plenty of pieces on the defensive side, plenty as we know on offense with Lane Kiffin, but can you do it with just a good quarterback? I think it's something that Lane Kiffin's going to have to figure out next year because he knows the dart's not great, or can he unlock the pieces to turn him into something? That would be something else that I think Lane Kiffin has to to get to at some point in time. Yeah, they got to break through it uh, at some point as well. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So as Tommy said to Clay, how did the Henry Holiday festivities go? I was, uh, I don't know if you listened to any point, I was under the weather all all day Christmas and uh, was not exactly a, a joy to be around. Had to kind of seclude myself to not get everyone else sick. Were you uh, feeling festive this holiday season? Yeah, we had a big time uh, in Norfolk. Yeah, we had, uh, it's, been, it's, it's, it's not over yet. We're still going to, we've got a celebration to, tonight with the, our second family so to speak that's arrived from loveland colorado they're here and little whites uh, got presents to open here and uh and we had in kind of uh i guess it was a christmas party um on saturday it was uh our 45th anniversary and we had yeah. around 20 in the house all our neighbors uh, uh at least most of them were here there weren't very many not, not very many regrets were sent and that was good, and um, had a lot of uh, good food for that. Uh, our neighbors directly to the south of us walked up the path and and uh, brought is it boudin sausage? Mm-hmm. They're from uh, Bad. Mm-hmm. They're from Baton Rouge. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. Boudin balls are hard hard to beat at this point. My parents are. I guess they're going on their sixteenth as of what's today the twenty seventh tomorrow. Which what, are you on twenty yet? Twenty in March. Twenty in March. Oh, this goes goes by pretty quick yeah. at this. So, point. and I I wasn't sure we were going to make it to twenty because uh, Christmas Eve morning. I've been looking forward to this. About four a.m. Clay can appreciate this as a uh, father of a couple daughters. My son has spent I don't know the better part of a year avoiding haircuts, wanting to grow his hair out. He's taking after his uncle Ty. 
like and that. Um, good for him. So he, you know, somewhere in the middle of the night, his twelve-year-old sister, Dylan, will be fourteen next month, and she had a friend staying over. Uh, they decided between betwixt them, as you would say, Ty, that Dylan getting a haircut from them would be a good idea. <laughs> And wow. somewhere around the 4 a.m., 5 a.m. hours, I was fast asleep, looking forward to sleeping in that day, Saturday morning. Hey, I get to sleep till 7, 7.30. I get awoken from shears uh, of terror and anger from my son who has come upstairs with the only thing I could describe as his, as his hair looked would be a prescription haircut. It looked like he had broken out of the insane asylum and after cutting his own hair. I mean, it looked that bad. So here it is, Christmas Eve, early morning, and the house is, uh, has been awakened, not by, uh, you, know, you know, jolly old St. Nick coming down the, uh, the chimney. It was with a, uh, with a haircut that looked like it had been done with garden shears or something. I don't, I don't, so first of all, I, you know, I'm forming, well, you're the idiot that let them do it. So you kind of get what you want. Then, of course, they're in trouble because they know better. But my, my precious wife had to spend the better part of uh, late morning and uh, that afternoon getting him uh, cleaned up so, and looking ready for the family function so that night. just to be clear, this wasn't done in the midst of him sleeping. No, no. This was his done on his own He accord. found a picture online and said, man, I'd like to have this, this high fade or something. And my, my youngest daughter said, oh, I think I can do that. I was under the impression... And they were, were wrong. Telling, <laughs> and they were wrong. I was under the impression that... She just was like, oh, no. right, let's sneak in there in the middle of the night. No, and do these it. were untrained barbers uh, that okay. uh, thought they could uh, thought they could replicate the picture he had found online of how he wanted his hair to look. So he went from hair touching his shoulders to now he has got uh, what would qualify as a high fade. Did yeah. you punish both of them, or did Dylan get enough well, punishment based on the way he looks? I think I think just that. Well, his mother salvaged his look, and actually, it looks not too bad. But okay. uh, I, I said, son, you got to learn a lesson from this. I mean. <laughs> Clay, I know you have a, a son-in-law. You don't. You didn't grow up. You grew up with brothers. You didn't have a son. Uh, what are your thoughts on what went down in the last few hours? Well, I can imagine th- what Christmas would have been like. It would be. I mean, there were, there was some serious counseling going on, mm. on and you can you can uh, talk about counseling being discipline, uh, encouragement. Uh, it sounded like y'all had a little bit of all that to, to yep. take care of. Uh, Christmas morning. Well, we'll look back and laugh. Thankfully, it was Christmas Eve, but we had a, f- a family function that night. And uh, so, you know, and then on top of that, our upstairs shower, when we were using it, decided it needs to drain out into our second floor. Oh, man. So I've got to deal with that when I get it because I couldn't yeah. call anybody on Christmas. Yeah. So we're. Oh, you could. Right there, there would be. It yeah. would have been really well, expensive. All you had to do is turn the shower off and. It stopped the leak, so I mean, it wasn't like it was a uh, okay a, a supply line. We got a drain line leaking somewhere, or a valve yeah. leaking. So, yeah. but we got part of our ceiling that. So it was it was an eventful Christmas. Part of our ceiling fell down to the floor. Got some hardwood that doesn't look right. So we we kind of had an eventful Christmas, uh, seventy two hours. But the haircut deal is one that that's one of those things we'll look back and laugh on sometime. I let me <laughs> let me guess. Dylan his favorite piece of uh, clothing is now a ball cap. Well, you know the difference between a good haircut and a bad haircut, right? <laughs> I, I, a ball cap? Go, go for it, yeah. Two weeks. So, yeah. <laughs> so in yeah. two weeks, he'll be all right. Fortunately, he doesn't have to go to school. But no, I'm, I'm going to say his mom's not a you know, a hairstylist, but she, 
She she worked Did wonders. Way to go, Laura. Well, she ended up using. I don't know that he knows this, but she had bought some. Uh, now they got the guards and all that. And you can clean them. But she used the. She started out with at least the thing she used to shave to, her legs. To, no, no, to groom the dogs. Oh, <laughs> she's got these shears that she. So he doesn't well, know that. But that's what she started out with. And I've got, got it cleaned uh, up good. I've got professional uh, clippers yeah. with all the little clips and all that. Yeah. With the different, you know, you can do the fades and everything. Because during COVID, I, you know, I got the idea that, you know, we would do haircuts at home. Yeah. And uh, I, I have gotten use out of it. I used it to trim my beard. You know, when mm-hmm. I was, there was a six month period there where I decided I was going to be Grizzly Adams. So that, but they work. They're really good. Yeah. They're professional. They're, they're the, in fact, I asked, um, my hairstylist, I guess that's what I'll call her, um, what these were. And she goes, they're, they're just a hair different than what I've got. You know what I mean? Oh. Just a small step behind it. Yeah. The professional. So I've got those if you want to borrow them. Well, it's got all those, all the little, well, I, it may I, be too late I, at this I, point. Well, I mean, I figure at this point, I've got some qualified members of my house to get Ty's hair looking right. I figure I just, Bring him over, and we'll. Uh, well, no, you you, can, you might have it look better. It's not, no, there's nothing you can do to make it look <laughs> well, it right. Well, it doesn't look right because it's still tie. Yeah, but uh, you can't change the face. I uh, yeah, I had, to, I had to, to to ride both sides of the fence because on one side I'm like, son, you you've got to be smarter than this. You can't allow. I mean, this wasn't something like they did to you in your sleep. You you, you consented to this. You've got to be smarter than this. And then on the other hand, you knew better. You know, it's, it's, you, I got to talk on both sides of my mouth, I, but. My suggested punishment was so that the, it was that the twelve-year-old who's a in competitive cheer, he gets to cut her hair. Oh gosh! Now that's just mean. That was a non-starter. That didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, the, but, so the 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 moral to this story is a fourteen-year-old let two cute girls do about anything. That's you. You pretty well nailed it. Well, I, on the subject of. Again, whose fault it was. Ryan and Prairie Grove blames it on Dylan, and I completely agree. I agree. Dylan, I'm usually on your side, buddy, but you... You've got to be smarter than that. Okay, and I... I, But they were convincing that they could do this. He had this picture. Dylan gets full fault in this equation. Well, I I mean, they knew better. They shouldn't have done it, but... I don't blame his younger sister whatsoever. I'm 100% placed in. If I was the parent in this situation, I I would also advocate what you did is, hey, well... Y'all flip the script. Let yeah, Dylan, we're gonna let cut him her, cut her hair. Her, now. Which, of course, the uh, your your wife and the panic would not be. ridden faces in my house that's when a, I declared that would be the punishment. That's was, a dad joke, and the entertainment value yeah. is definitely there. But mm-hmm. I'm uh, Dylan. You're at fault, buddy. This is you know like the no fault yeah. accident. This is 100 percent your yeah. fault. I I can't disagree. It, the insurance. And I explained that to him. How was what was his response to that? Oh, he was mad. He was gonna. He was gonna. You know, he was going to punch her. I said, no, you're not. No, you're not going to do that. Sister. Let's not do that. Come on, Dylan. He was going to cut her hair in the middle. Of the night. No, you're not going to do that. And that's funny. But. Just put, put some nair on it. You know what nair is? <laughs> the, that, the hair removal. Yeah, the hair nothing. removal. That will not uh, make sure that's not in the household whatsoever. So what were they, what were they doing up at 4 a.m.? I mean, that's way past it, curfew, isn't it? It's Christmas break, and they think there is some kind of prize if you stay up all night. Is there an entitlement oh. that we don't have school the next day? So and I we, think their mom's okay, because I'm at work. And then she kind of gets the house to herself till noon till they wake up. So I think she's okay uh, with it. You know, that makes sense. apparently that's when you play uh, your best video games or something. I don't know. But that's what they do. And uh, don't you, know. you wish you had all this on video? Oh yes, yes. 
Absolutely. Did you get a picture? Did you or Lori get a picture? No, of we, hair we, we like? did. No, I would talk. I mean, I'm not talking about pictures before and after. I'm talking about as it happened. As oh. it happened, yes. I would love to see how this actually unfolded. Dylan just freaking because out. Because everybody's story was trying to the, cover their own the crap. The conversation, yeah. They were like cats in, in a litter box trying to cover up their own crap, you know. So I, I, uh, I don't feel like I got the full truth out of any of this story. <laughs> you may get it. But it's going to be a few years. They'll be in their 20s when I find yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, it will It'll be. It'll be 10 years from now. But Anyway, that was uh, Christmas Eve morning. Excitement. My house. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure who uh, who was more excited, Mom I, uh, or Dylan. I'm glad you say that, sir. I didn't know where it was going to go, but I, I, the only thing I would have made it better is if they did it without his um, his. Approval. Oh, that would have been a whole different deal. Yeah. That would have just been nuts that they just did in the middle of the night like, without his like approval. Like taped him up. Yeah. Yeah. Or just went into his room and cut his hair while he was sleeping. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's what or I thought you were leading us on. But no. either way, that's a pretty good story. And just a great. And you got to be smarter than let your younger sister cut your hair when you're 14. He's 13, about to be 14. Anyway. Hey, we're brought to you by the Smithwick Original, suspending Rattlin' Road. Clay, I was telling him earlier, February is prime time on the White River. And you need that Smithwick Original, suspending Rattlin' Road for that trophy brown or big rainbow that will be turning loose up there by State Park. Put that in your tackle box. If you hadn't gotten one, use some of your Christmas money on getting several of these to take you to the mighty White River. This uh, rogue suspends in the strike zone, allowing you uh, longer and helping you catch more fish. Find it at Walmart, Bass Pro Shops, Academy, LearnNet.com, and tackle stores all over the place. It's the Smithwick original suspending Rattlin' Road. Clay, the NCAA sent a memo to schools last week saying the multi-transfers are going to be allowed for this next calendar year, 2024 and 2025. Don't know if it's going to go past that. If you transfer within this academic semester, the next one, you'll be allowed to participate as a multi-time transfer as an undergraduate. Now, you've always been able to do that as a graduate, but now as an undergraduate. Tommy and I have discussed this this morning um, we've already seen crazy changes with NIL and the portal even being founded at this point. H- how much more of a change will we see in specifically college football with this going to effect starting for next year? Well, I think there'll be some. And, you know, it's it's uh, this is a reaction to the lawsuit at, at West Virginia. And, you know, we're um, it, it's it is. Uh, you you can about do anything you want to now. Let's just put it that way. There there there's no rules in the NCAA, and they, nothing that they feel comfortable about enforcing because they feel like it'll probably it all end up in court. And uh, NCA is legal fees have gotten to the point where they don't they're losing money. Uh, so they're going they're going to say uncle anything that happens from this point forward. At least that's my view. And uh, but yeah, it's if if you don't like it where you're at, or you think there's a better, you know, uh, and I, 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 for the life of me, I don't know how coaches can coach hard anymore, mm-hmm. because you just like, man, I'm not going to take that, and um, <laughs> you know, it's like I, I don't have to take that. I'll go somewhere else. So the portal cycle runs. Th- this one does through January the second. Then you'll have the one after spring ball as well. Uh, guys, we're uh, there's a little more than 1,800 players in the portal. I think we'll see it burst through 2,000 at this point this week. I mean, how much does that help a team, Tommy, like Arkansas, who's still trying to add players? And, yes, there's an idea that you can have a certain player that will enter the portal now at this point, but I think this is going to do more help than hurt when it comes to Arkansas football. Well, I mean, more selection's great, but it's got to be the positions that need. I still 
am looking for, for offensive linemen. I think there's still some places you're looking uh, that you could add some players, but, I mean, it doesn't really matter if there's, if there's 4,000 players in there, but there's not enough to fit your needs, and there's just not enough 6'8", 6'9", 340-pound linemen running around out there. I mean, just you think about the genetics involved. Um, that that's what you really need. It's more linemen, and every and that's why there's a premium on them right now. So, the numbers are one thing, but how many of them fit the needs on your team? That's that's the question you got to figure out. Yeah, I think let's uh, let's be clear on this. There there's there's lots of big guys, but there's not lots that have the quick feet to play offensive tackle. Right, and that that's a that's a finite number, and uh, they're already spoken for and have their nil deals. Um, those guys are probably not moving much. So you might find one or two, but I, I bet you the, the ones that wanted to leave have already left. Um, and those older players uh, that, you know, would be a double transfer or whatever, most of those guys are, you know, they're, they're starters right now. They they probably like where they're at, and they like their, their, their paycheck. Um, so, yeah, and, but it, there could be some more movement, and, I, it's it doesn't seem like uh, this is the right direction to go, but again, the NCAA is, is scared of the courts right now. A- anything that looks like it, they're being mean. It's going to be they're they're going to lose. Yeah, and that's what Tommy kind of referenced. Earlier. You don't really have a choice, realistic, if you're the NCAA. Or at least that's our perception is what's going on right now with these different rulings or these different. They've changes. lost every case. Yeah, they yeah. don't want to get their nose bloodied again. It's embarrassing. The looks bad. It's expensive. It's time consuming. Um, you just go down the list of all the, the problems with it. But at some point, the member body has to get together and decide what direction they want to go with with transfers, with eligibility. Um, you know, this is a an association, is a member association. They set the rules. Uh, while it can be uh, bogged down with bureaucracy at times, it's, you know, much like the federal government, it is still a member association. So, somebody's got to get a handle on this, and this is where the leadership from the NCAA has got to pull these people together. And this is another reason I believe a fourth division for football should be should be born, and we've talked more about this lately. But the rules that apply at Ohio State shouldn't be the same that apply at, you know, Miami of Ohio or whatever, you know, the, the, the smaller uh, FCS institutions. It, to me, the, the, there is a far greater need for different platforms and rule books and eligibilities across the divisions than ever before like the i don't know if it's legislator but whatever charlie baker introduced a couple weeks ago the idea that that's not finalized or anything but having that again other standard when it comes to college this podcast has been presented by bet online this podcast is an exclusive property of pearson broadcasting it may not be copied reproduced modified published uploaded reposted transmitted or distributed in any way without pearson broadcasting's prior written consent subscribe to the hit that line podcast network the best podcast in the natty state just search hit that line wherever you listen to podcasts Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.